0: Gentlemen, welcome
1: to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. This week feature show is led by me, and I don't know why. Actually, I know exactly why, but we'll just we'll just stick to I know everything about Scottish wrestling, and that's the biggest lie in the world but bringing us into the show this week we are talking about the best imports that have come to scotland to join us in the wrestling industry and who else that i'm going to just introduce my panel before i do the usual housekeeping the first one i am introducing seems to have a bcw poster getting in the spirit of this recording it is chris murray
1: Yes, um, I tried to find. Well, I tried to find an import poster that had Kevin Nash on it because th- that's like the first import I remember was Kevin Nash wrestling in Kilmarnock somewhere. Um, but the closest <laughs> I could get was a poster of Scott Hall, Pete Dunne, and uh, what's his name with the umbrella, who were at another BCW show at some point. So yes, excited for this girl. I am. The list said the better. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Cancelled. Did you actually know something that I learned just yesterday? That BT Gunn has been BCW champion for five years.
0: Yes. It's mad, five
2: years it? he's been champion.
0: It's amazing what can happen when your are pals are a promoter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is that too, yes. And you, you heard his not-so-soothing voice. Um, a man that's got a lot of Opinions when it comes to wrestling in Scotland The man with the potato for Wi-Fi It is Ross McCloud.
0: We've discussed this The Wi-Fi is fine It's the Piston computer
2: Well your computer is a potato then
0: We've discussed this
3: Ross on this The Wi-Fi
0: is fine on a, on a The is normal... fine Not sure about you yourself Ross <laughs> On a normal quiz showdown it would have lasted three rounds, and Sarah's Quiz Showdown, we were probably about halfway through round one <laughs> by the time the Wi-Fi started cutting out.
2: I mean, yes, if you want to listen on our YouTube channel and watch and play along, Quiz Showdown 10 is, well, by the time this goes out, it'll already be out on YouTube. So, uh yeah, go onto our YouTube channel, because 10, Quiz Showdown 10 is my baby. Moving on next, we have a man that does actually love... A good import, especially when um, you know it's Tyler Bates, Ben Bauer getting like getting those abs out. Mm. It is Gary Carnahan.
4: Oh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. I remember fondly when Tyler Bate was imported into ICW's uh, show at uh, the Union Strathclyde Union, uh, defending the UK Championship that evening uh, that nobody thought he would be losing. But, Sarah, um, that wasn't the best import. I mean, uh, one of the great decisions of a booker is about being able to decide who gets on shows and cards. And as the as the booker for ESSR feature, the decision to import you as the host of this show, I think, is one of the best I've ever made. And it's nothing to do with the original host pulling out.
2: Yeah, absolutely nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. I was the best person for the job. I wasn't even originally meant to be on the show. I replaced Stephen. And then I replaced hosts. So yeah, I wasn't even meant to be here. Like, I, I had to do a double
0: take. <laughs> I had to do a double take when Gary was talking there. I thought he said, I remember fondling when Tyler Bate was in ICW, which would have been a more accurate description of Gary's love for him.
4: Well, that's why I'm not close to him anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> with all fairness, I think me and Gary are going to end up like, with restraining orders the way that you're talking. Because like, I'm bad for pictures and apparently Gary's bad for fondling. So... <sighs>
4: Yes, are we going to talk about Angelico later on?
2: Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Angelico with the pretty pictures later. And <laughs> finally, rounding off my panel, he's he's taken a bit of a back seat um, from being on feature shows for a little bit, but we did manage to convince the most loved Scottish promoter well, he's not even a promoter <laughs> in ring announcer of all time it is Koaku. Aji.
3: I was beginning to think you're talking about someone else and now like my Wi-Fi had cut out all of a sudden, but I'll take that. Thank you very much. How yeah, you doing? I,
2: for- I forgot that I forgot that you were in ring now, for some reason I thought you were a promoter because we were talking about promoters. <laughs> I mean that's right, you probably could be a promoter, the way that like, you know, Scottish Wrestlings went, who knows?
3: LWF Wednesday Wrestling Federation, you've heard <laughs> it here first. There you go. Oh, it'll just be my nephews fighting in every match. <laughs>
2: I mean, you could have gotten like a, a a certain, you know, ginger gangster out of retirement to join you as well. So,
3: I don't have that kind of cash right now to get him out of retirement. That will come at Lindsay Mania. You watch the space.
2: <laughs> there we go. Lindsay Mania 2020, uh, 2022 for Quaker. Just a wee bit of housekeeping now that I've introduced my panel. Just make sure that you're subscribed to us on our podcasting platform. So, that could be iTunes, Spotify, Android. Podbean, and I can go on and on and on. But there's a good news, guys. Our website is back up and running with a new domain, so it is www.eatsleepsuplexretweet.com. It's a bit of a mouthful to say, but if you just Google us, you'll find us. And again, that'll have links to all of the podcasting platforms that we are on. At the same time, make sure you check out our social media pages. So we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet. We do also have our youtube channel like said before where we have our bucket tournaments hosted by david campbell as well as the conspiracy theory also hosted by david campbell and quiz showdown that has been hosted by a variety of members of the team as well as crowning new champions because we need our ego boost even bigger so like we have discussed this week it is scottish imports and we all know how important bringing people into Scotland to sort of help the wrestling industry has been. Gary, I'll start with you. So see where we've been bringing people, doesn't matter if they're coming up from England over from Ireland or even further worldwide, why would you think that it's important to bring people to Scotland? I
4: think There's two two reasons I would say, Sarah. I think the first one is about uh, iron sharpens iron. So it's great for the performers in Scotland to get the chance to work against different people people with potentially more experience and a different style to help them up their game because if you're only ever competing against or working with the same people you get into a a routine and you get maybe hit a ceiling so to bring in people with different skill sets and people that have perhaps worked on the biggest showcases like um, uh, Chris Murray mentioned uh, Kevin Nash earlier on, somebody that's you know, in front of massive crowds at WrestleManias, uh, lost the world title to a finger poke of doom. Uh, those scenarios to get the experience there, and then the other thing is about getting some different eyes in the product. So, you know, the right bookings can bring in certain, uh, might bring in different audiences, bring in people that might not normally watch the show. And I think those for me are the, maybe the two two of the main reasons I would I would point to Sarah.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah no that's obviously really important because Waku you're really familiar with the guys at Source Wrestling School as well as Fierce Females um, and see bringing in people that are of different sort of styles as well because when you're training together you are going to develop a very similar style as one another so do you think that bringing in different actual wrestling styles is like extremely important like what Gary said?
3: oh yeah absolutely and the. Thing about like Source and Fierce Females is that at the foundation of it, it is a wrestling school, but they do do these great shows and they go about the country and doing great things. Even they've been down to England to do shows in Liverpool with Fierce Females. Whenever they bring in somebody, like, as we use the term, their import, you quite often find that these people will be maybe holding a seminar at the school that weekend. They may be doing like an online class or just even in the back and, and when everyone's dressing up, they're doing coaching people, letting people, giving people critiques on their matches and just being a valuable asset as well as being that asset to bring in new fans and get giving people a variety, giving the, the wrestlers something, somebody different to mix up with. And it just, it's just a really full circle thing that the imports do bring in.
2: Yeah, and Chrissy Quacker brought up a really good point there is you get promotions that are not only just doing wrestling skills but they're also doing shows so they're going to be bringing in all these people to sort of work with their guys as well as doing training seminars so do you think like bringing them in to have more than one reason is actually probably one of the smarter ideas?
1: Yeah, I mean like most imports that have turned up in Scottish wrestling have been imported from the WWE and so if you've got a wrestler who's been good enough to wrestle for the biggest company in the world bringing them over to get involved with the wrestlers as well as the audience is a great thing cuz it's helping improve the talent on home soil i mean like the significance of imports in scottish wrestling is huge like imports has been a thing since the dawn of wrestling like if you look back to like territories and stuff wrestling champions would tour territories to legitimize themselves and legitimize the territories and then it continued through the peak of wwf in the 1990s with guys jumping ship and instantly becoming a huge deal and then in scotland in terms of like the early 2010s i would say maybe just before when the companies in our area were sort of first starting out those companies would all use imports to sort of further their names and to draw in more fans that didn't know about the companies like i've got the poster behind me just now how many of these posters have we seen where huge scottish names lionheart wolfgang jack jester bt gun they're all on these posters and they're all standing in the shadow of kevin nash and dx and vader and just all these old names but the old names are there to draw in the fans and then um as Gary said earlier, it's like the other side of the coin is that there's two sides to this. And Scottish wrestling sort of changed when it hit its peak at the turn of the decade. It started to be more about like what it was like back in the Territory days. It became more about like, okay, this big guy from the U- US or New Japan, can they come over here and be our guy? And that's where you'd get all these huge matches in companies like ICW. So like, basically essentially what I'm trying to say is more or less throughout the entire existence of Scottish wrestling, whether Scottish wrestling likes it or not, they've always needed imports to sort of legitimise Scottish wrestling itself.
2: Mm-hmm. And Ross, do you agree there with what Chris just said about how like Scottish wrestling does actually need the imports? They can't just solely just rely on themselves.
0: Yeah, because I think obviously, as Gary says, iron sharpens iron. Um, when you look at other sports. Uh, for football example teams tend to get better if they're playing european football and then playing league football because certain leagues much like scottish league two horse race you need to test yourself against other teams to become better teams better players it works the same for wrestling as well and when chris was saying about you know people being in the shadows that's because and with the greatest respects to you know the memory of lionheart and to the other three wrestlers that he mentioned they're not household names. They're not names that a casual person would know because, you know, the thing with the likes of Vader and Scott Hall and Kevin Ash, they've been in movies and TV shows as well, not just wrestling. So, mm-hmm. you know, for people that might not watch wrestling, they might see reruns of TV shows and be like, oh, Christ, like, what, what's his name? Oh, and then they look it up and be, oh, it's Kevin Ash. Um, so you need the names to bring casual people in and while, you know, a 50-year-old Kevin Ash might not be doing, you know, top rope hurricane runners, you know, they might see the next generation of people. And then someone like a Kevin Ash has years of invaluable experience, you know, no matter how many times Jim Cornette might bash Kevin Ash's wrestling ability. So when we talked about, you know, special guest seminars at like the likes of Source and uh, GPWA, you know, those, those people passing that knowledge down it's invaluable because yet again trainers in scotland and again this is no disrespect but a lot of them might not have hit the heights of wwe and AEW, tna new japan whatever so they can only take you so far it then they need to get some people in to then take people a bit further because there is people who do wrestling and just want to sort of stay local and be you know, do it as a hobby or do it as a secondary job. There's people that want to get to WWE and to get to WWE, you need to face the best. You need to face the best in your country and you need to face the best from abroad. And if you're not at the stage where you can get abroad yet, you need people to come to you. And that is the importance of impulse because there's good wrestlers who don't yet have the name to go abroad. So when they come there, they then make a contact and then they can get to go down south and to Ireland and, you know, over to America. The prime example of that is called Cabana and Gredo.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was I was going to say as well because like it's like the same of when a Scottish wrestler goes to other places, not only to hone their own talent, but to networking and making connections as well. Like yeah. I think most people do forget that that's quite an important thing because you might have like someone like sean michaels or kevin nash like coming over maybe, well maybe not sean michaels to wrestle on like a, maybe aberdeen anarchy show or something <laughs> um who knows um, but you do get those sort of people that know people yes. and can either get you like a tryout or they can get you talking with that specific person i mean it happened it happened for drew i mean when he got signed they were originally not over to see him they were over to see seamus and it just, it just so happened that he was there, he was in that match and things just worked out. I mean, could you imagine of what might have happened had he not been like in that match, had well, Seamus had not been over, that sort of stuff?
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we talked about casual fans being drawn in to see new talent. Well, you know, the likes of Mick Foley, you know, he was the one that shared on subjects of Drew when Drew made his return to ICW it was him that put the clip online and it was him that mentioned it in the Stone Cold podcast and the reason that it went further than it did. ICW is in a, a weird position where it's not a, a local indie promotion it's a it's a UK wide promotion but it's not got the reach that a Mick Foley has when he just tweets something out, hey you should check this out on Twitter uh, or sorry on YouTube so the casual people might draw in past wrestlers like oh hey I hear my buddy's coming at retirement, I might watch that Oh, hey! I seen insert wrestler name here on that show. He looks a promising guy. You should look out for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is a case of the right place, right time for some people, but for other people, they might just need that break. And it's a case of not what you know, who you know.
4: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point, Ross, about, um, you know, it can add some legitimacy to the the shows. Like most of us were sat in the Hydro when ICW attracted, what was the first Hydro show? 8,000 fans. Um, So, you know, a really good house. Now, a lot of those people would have been there because of some of the names from their, their, you know, their days of, um, that watching the attitude era and so on. So it can add a wee bit of legitimacy to the show and it makes you realise, well actually this isn't a you know this isn't a country fair we're going to this is you know this is the, the real deal.
2: Yeah, because um yeah. that's what I wanted to talk about as well is like we have we have people that sort of come in on like a one off chance um or we have people that come in and they're like sort of repeaters. So like see when you bring in like we'll take for the Hydro show, um, the one off appearance of Rey Mysterio in a match with like such and such a person or RVD being in a match with such and such a person. And it was the idea of seeing them. Like, I don't think I'd seen so many casual fans been brought in just because like their childhood hero was wrestling like just down the road from them.
0: Yeah, so many casual people come in because a childhood hero is down the road like the first hydro show I'd been to one ICW show and in my life up until the first hydro show I went with a mate from work Gregor who had only recently started watching wrestling again and he wanted to go because the boys and Kurt Angle were there and a casual fan uh, last time I worked Katrina her and her boyfriend both went because Dudley boys Kurt Angle were there they sort of kept a half an eye on it so they quite like finn balor as well so with him being there as well they were like right cool we're going and they've kept in touch with it they went to other shows since and you know while well it might not mean much to them going to a show every once in a while it might mean the world to promote her. that extra 20 quid 40 quid you know going into the till on these small shows because it allows them to bank that money and bring in more big names at the next hydro show and then not so much the next hydro show but that's a separate issue but you know it allows <laughs> it allows promoters to make money and then keep running shows which allow the spotlight to be on the casual people and then bring in the imports for the big shows you know what i mean it, it's it, it's just normal it's business
2: uh, yeah because you, well you see like a lot of them that they'll come in and either be like a one-off um, sort of like we've had with RVD and the Dudleys, Kurt Angle, but we have had like people coming in, so like for an example being Colt Cabana made quite a name for himself as well when he was wrestling over in the UK for ICW. I mean, Chris, him and his uh, partnership with Grado was probably one, one of a quite memorable thing about ICW.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that was a huge deal for ICW was that That run where Colt was coming over and um, Grado did all those brilliant YouTube videos about waiting at the airport for him and and taking him to his hotel and all that. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I think that must have brought so many people to ICW for the first time. I think that was the run up to, was it Dave's Not Here Man in Edinburgh? Yeah. And uh, I remember- He's still
3: not here man.
1: He's he's still not there. I I remember being so gutted I couldn't go to that show because that was the first time I remember ICW feeling like totally larger than life for a wee bit because I'd started watching maybe a year before-ish and um when when that first happened I, I felt like it was such a huge deal and then it became a thing that Coke cabana was involved in icw almost every summer when he was over for his comedy shows and then you know the tag team with grado happened and then they became tag team champions at one point as well and it was just it was such a fun run like by the end of Coke cabana's run in icw i think he was fighting for the world title at one point so yeah, it was just it was just great it was it was, it was a great person to pick to come over because he was like an indie darling so he wasn't going to be turned on by the fans which I think is a major issue with picking the right imports for a company Mm -hmm. Um, somebody that you know he'd done his WWE time but he was much more known for being an independent wrestler and you know podcast superstar so it was the perfect guy for ICD I think I feel like for me that was like the first big one that they had Mm -hmm. my my two earliest memories are probably him and Rhino Um, timelines are a bit um, Bloody in my brain, but yeah, that's one of the most important ones by a mile.
2: Mm-hmm. And Gary, see when it comes to like one-off versus repeating um, imports as well. Like, like Chris said, picking the imports is actually really, really important because when you come to want to attract, like trying to attract those fans, especially when it comes to your bigger shows. Like when you see names like Dudley Boys, Ray Mysterio, those are household names that you've known since you were wee and it's just it's a really big important thing isn't
4: it? Yeah absolutely it's it's a real you know it's a big expense for a promoter to, to if you want to bring somebody from the states uh, to incentivize somebody to get on a plane to travel for half a day to get here uh, do, do the show and actually deliver in the ring when they're here as well and you want that person to make an investment and when it's a one-off show, I remember with the first ICW shows I went to, the main event was Jack Jester versus Danny Burch, memory serves me, mm-hmm. right? And it was for the ICW Championship. Now, I did not believe for one second that this guy that just rocked up was going to walk away with the championship. <laughs> so when you book them, you've got to have that... Um, it still have that unpredictability about them. So get people in the right match. Like I didn't believe Tony Storm for a minute, or actually uh, was going to drop the UK NXT UK Championship at SWG three, and I didn't believe that Tyler Bate was going to drop the UK NXT uh, WWE UK Championship and Strathclyde Union. Uh, <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> no, Glasgow Union. Glasgow Union. Sorry, not even Strathclyde Union. Um, so they've got to have that but also the the booking uh, you know who's it going to add and are the people that are going to be excited about this booking people that are going to buy tickets anyway so uh the, the Briscoe brothers appearing at uh, uh the hydro shows maybe an example for me i'm not convinced that anybody bought a ticket because of that announcement and i'm not convinced that they the people that weren't going to come or something like oh well, I'm, mm-hmm. I need to go because so and so's there I also feel the same a wee bit about British Strong Style as much, as excited as I was to see them at the last Hydro show I'm not sure that they convinced people that weren't going to buy tickets anyway to buy tickets whereas Dudley Boys and Rey Mysterio and so on did now the, the flip side of this coin and I'm going to talk about somebody later on that I think actually delivered when they were in, in the ring when they were here you know you get folk that come in like Rey Mysterio that was their stellar performance, as far as I was concerned, for what he delivered uh, on on that evening. The same, um, you know, when Ricochet appeared at the Hydro to mm-hmm. compete against Lewis Garvin. My God, they left it all. He left it all out there. He, he, sort of, yeah. he was probably the the people were least excited about that evening, and you probably was the one that delivered the most value to the, the fans that were there. So I think there's that value for money, that unpredictability, um, Sarah, what would the extra things just to throw in the mix, and if you have something that's a regular booking, you do get more of that unpredictability, you can get a wee bit more invested in the character, you can get them a wee bit more involved in the show uh the way that uh, chris described with uh, with colt cabana being involved with uh, the show that was pretty unique at the time you didn't really have yeah. that type of stuff going on you kind of like had somebody rock up or they maybe been announced they were going to be there but you never seen or heard anything of them until they appeared and um, so i thought that was you know that was that was good and that's one of the benefits of the longer term commitments if you can get that
2: yeah like, quack- mm-hmm. like- Gary and Chris were saying about like see when for the likes of Coca cola getting brought over, nobody's really gonna know how that's going to play out until mm. it plays out. So see when it starts off as like a one time like a one time booking, but then develops as like we want you back, like the fans loved you, um you're really, really great to work with. Like, there's also that as well, isn't there?
3: Yeah, well the but- See, to actually flip it a bit, like see sometimes with the imports, a lot of the times when they came in, because I took a big gap from wrestling, my, my wrestling history is about patchy and stuff, so when Kokobara came and I was shown these videos, I had no idea who he was, <coughs> literally not a clue. And I love the videos with Gray. it was like, coca it's yourself. It's my coke. I'm just like, this guy does not want to be here. But oh well. Um, he, he played along fine. And then I think of other, I was just actually having a rack in my brain on who I've seen here that I didn't know of before. The Young Bucks, I had no clue who they mm-hmm. were. Fell in love with them when I saw them at Court Exchange. I had no idea who War Machine were. So I was just cheering away to the Polo Promotions, and wow, what a stellar show that they put on. I almost now wish I didn't know them as War Machine because now that they're the Viking Raiders, uh, it it could have been Viking Experience, so that's an upgrade, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, That's another thing. Mad Dog, Matt Cross, Mm -hmm. one of my favourite of... Like that's just common, and he always puts on a stellar show. So, and I think of like the Irish invasion as well. I yep. think of them as well. I, I, I mean, I have before. I had no. Like not that I had no interest I just had no knowledge or purpose to think of yeah I, I wonder what, what the Irish wrestling scene is like like my Irish wrestling scene was Seamus and that was it Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was just like it gave me that education and now I love watching OTT I love seeing <laughs> what High Hype, Kings in the north um, Debbie Kite, Tell Valkyrie all these names I love seeing what they're doing now over in their homeland
2: we'll see as well like see when a lot of imports come in because i'm gonna ask you had you guys ever heard of sugar hero eerie before he had come over to icw no 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 nah, exactly so it introduces you like i know like team members like grant really really familiar with them and um, but it does grant open- knows who
3: a wrestler is Nine times out of ten, I have no clue who it is. I mean, yes. he he could he could be bringing in Gonzolo because I don't know some rat, And I'm like, glad knows the guy. He must be alright.
4: Yeah. I
2: have
3: no clue. I know
4: um, we
2: need
3: to get David Campbell on to give us an
4: update on all those Japanese wrestlers. I
2: know the king of the king of Japanese wrestling is David Campbell. But yeah, so it, it educates us at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. the one time when when we saw Shigekuro. At the garage against Lionheart, God rest his soul, was like one of the best matches I'd ever seen, and like it, it hits with the unexpected because I don't think any of us had expected Sugar Hero to move the way that he did, and I'm I've been dying for him to come back because he's just so he's so cute.
3: You see, that that element there is a very interesting thing for me because, see, a lot of times when you hear uh, people that have done the decades of WWE and stuff like that, they talk about pops. They talk about how fans kind of expect something. They they kind of know what's coming up. And then when you see people that you don't know and then they just wow you, it's just an amazing feeling. You it, it's, just, it's just having that fresh eyes perspective where you have no clue what's going to happen you just take it for exactly what it is and you enjoy it it's great absolutely i remember feeling yeah. much the same
4: Kwaku, when i first seen Sugar duncanson and i'm sure that name will come up loads uh, tonight but i seen him first time through livingston and i remember that evening sarah you described them as a treat and i had i didn't i ignorance here. I, I didn't know who he was, but the next time I heard that he was there, I bought a ticket. I, I was, I was, couldn't wait to see him, and I uh, oh, he, just amazing.
2: Yeah, because like that's for an example. Like me and me and Kwaku had never heard of him either, and um, we went along to the source tournament. It was going to be a weekend long thing. We did not know who this guy was, and mm-hmm. obviously we just fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think we just sort of went out of way. Anytime he was on the show, we we're like, right, we're going, we're mm. going. Suge see, we'll see as well. Like, we'll actually just talk about it. The now um, about like some of our fits. I can sort of give Kwaku the floor here because I know, like, even you know, when I was like putting together the show, I was like, if Kwaku doesn't get to talk about Suge he's probably gonna like take a hissy fit and go proper drama queen. So, yes.
3: Suge, Suge do bits. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about like not even much I didn't know anything about them and I was going to source um, championship tournament it was great fun there were great people on the card and stuff like that and the thing with a source show you know is that it's always going to be a great one because there's there's always some elements of surprise to it and stuff so I thought I'll go to it my God, I was not expecting. <laughs> what? What? I, what we
2: us I, were expecting what we seen.
3: No, not, no, not, at all. For just absolute sheer entertainment, it was just, it was just really one of the most memorable uh, events I've been to alive. And it was, it was in such an intimate setting in the Source Wrestling School. So it, it wasn't, it was, it was packed out in the school, but there wasn't like a huge like hall or arena or anything like that. It was just nice and intimate and just having great wrestling put on match after match, entertainment throughout. Everyone was just you could tell that the performers were just having fun with it and just putting on a great show. And yeah, Sugar Dunkerton and look where he's been going I mean he was doing his bits during lockdown and everything mm-hmm. appearing on AEW and WWE yeah. of, uh, of all places so yeah he, he's just been an absolutely great I mean he's a great person to talk about on this show
2: yeah and obviously we know like one of my personal favorites which I'll get the, we'll get the jokes out of the way now uh, is Angelico <sighs> Like we'll get the jokes out of the way of the now. Um, like, see, I don't think any of us knew who Angelico was when he first appeared at Shug's his party. Um, Less soul, during the, the VIP meet and greet. Everyone was fawning over um, Stevie and Kayleigh Ray. And for and Helico sitting at the table next to them and nobody was going to him, which was like such a big shame. He's just like sitting there proper happy to be there. Um, and then the next time we see him, is that the Square Go taken on Lionheart, which the infamous picture happened. Yes, you
4: know, I mean people might be listening to the show that don't know about this
3: picture, would you care I know, to I elaborate should I know I'm really bad your
2: context. Yeah. <laughs> so for anyone that does not know, um see surprised- before
3: you explain the story. Ooh, a little bit of the bobby.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so everyone knows that I I like to take some pictures when of like wrestlers when they like when they come to the shows and in the ring when they're performing. Um, just well mainly for Twitter. Clout, I'm not gonna lie, see if I can try and like my picture and make me feel good inside. Um, and the picture had somehow emerged on the internet when I was taking a picture of Van Helico in the ring. Someone directly across from me in the ring, um, like on one of the other fans, took a picture and you can see between Angelico's legs there's just me going click, <laughs> click, click. So I'm looking like a total pervert and it just seems to become a running joke, um, which you know, Angelico's liked a couple of my pictures before and, like that I've taken of him um, and I just wanted to like stay there and I hope he doesn't ever think I'm a freak since you know, ever since he started like appearing more regularly in AEW, and I'm just like, no matter how or who he's against, I'm wanting him to win. Um, oh. And I, I really want him to come back. Like, not because to take pictures. See, whenever he does, his,
3: you see, when he does is lean back with the swagger to take his jack the off, swagger and the dance. And yeah. I'm like, Sarah, have you got the camera out? That's your perfect opportunity. I know. I know, do you think he has
4: any idea about the legend of Angelico's Bobby in Glasgow?
2: I hope not. I really hope not. The but Ballad yeah, like of Bobby. Become... <laughs> yeah, like it's become like a good actual legend. This is more the fact that he was one of my favourites. I mean, his, his match against Mikey Whiplash surprised us all. I don't think anyone actually realised um, just how mental it was going to be. Um, and then obviously his match with Lionheart was was just as good um, and I am hoping, like I was hoping to see him more regularly obviously with him now being with AEW, I'm not too sure if that's going to happen considering that ICW are obviously you know bitches of WWE in a way.
3: Well the, the thing with that is that um, we've seen with Discovery they're not exactly shy or uh, WrestleZone are not exactly shy to bring in the big names and I've gone to great lengths and bringing in the great, uh, the big names or whatever have you and AEW are quite receptive to helping uh, independent promotions and when things come back I have a big feeling that they really want to stake their big claim in Europe so I don't think it's quite dead in the water yet and actually, I've, I've, so I've, I'm quite excited for what's going to happen watch the space. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna be like this visionary here and then when we have um, Young Bucks versus the 99 I'll be like, I told you so.
2: Yeah, well we, we all know that the Young Bucks are a big fan of Discovery. I mean, Alan gave them like a pretty good platform to get started in Europe and I know for a fact um, that Eva Luno is wanting to come over and wrestle at Discovery, which that's gonna be my dream it's good to just see oh, all the dark
3: order discovery oh I
2: exactly have a dark order invasion <sighs> at discovery and um, uh, we <laughs> need
3: gene money in the mix somehow
2: <laughs> oh my god that'll be weird um yeah like chris we've been talking about obviously our favorites so who's been some of your favorites that have been imported with well be it the regular or just a one time off
1: okay i've got a tag team that i think wrestled Four matches in ICW, but I remember it really, really fondly because their first match was against the New Age Click in Newcastle at Helter Skelter. I'm I'm talking about the Hooligans, the original Hooligans, (laughs) Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Now, it wasn't a big deal at the time because I was like, ah, as you as you guys said earlier, like this. US team coming over for this show in Newcastle to fight the ICW Tag Team Champions. I was like, there is no way in hell they are going to win this match. And then Brian Kendrick uh, or no, Paul London I should say, I ha- shouldn't star press for the win and the Hooligans won the ICW Tag Team titles and I've never went so mental in my life. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, I remember thinking that again, like much like I said with Colt this just elevates this company so much because now you've got this you know, world-renowned tag team with the ICW belts. They didn't disappear. They defended them twice on the same tour. They fought the Sumerian Death Squad at one point, and then they also fought the New Age Click. And then eventually, I think a couple of months down the line, they came back for fear and loathing at the Barrowlands and lost the titles to pole promotions. And that was that. That was, it's the one fear and loathing I didn't go to, but that was that event where Um, Paul London comes out and just walks through the crowd for about two hours before he actually ever gets in the ring and yeah it was only I'd say it was only like two months that they were about with the belts but I just loved this run it was just the, it was that whole idea of like I think well I, I don't think they quite come under this banner but there was this sort of group of like ex ECW guys ex like you know WWF names from like early two thousands. When whenever they came over, it felt like a really really cool deal for ICW. So yeah, that that two month run was just one of my favourites.
2: And Gary, what has been some of some of your favourites that you've seen? Uh, I think
4: I've mentioned a couple of throwaway ones, but one of my favourite ones, Sarah, was James Storm's twenty eighteen run in ICW. So he appeared uh, in January 2018 at the Square Go, where he took on Jack Jester in a Falls Count Anywhere match, and the winner was to be the number one contender, and immediately I thought, "Uh, well, we know where this is going, but then it was announced that that there was going to be a Fight Club taping the next night, and Storm won against Jester, and then went on Uh, take on BT Gun the next night, and I thought that was really clever booking from ICW. You know, that getting that two for one deal almost you've got them here, get 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 two performances out of them. Uh, so I thought that was good. And what we then seen was was uh, some recurring appearances over the course of that year at all the big shows. So, Mania, he teamed up with Ravi David to take on Bram and Easton Reese, and he turns on. Um, Th and Davy and we get this uh, get this heel James Storm. he comes back uh, for shops um and you've got two performances again night one I believe if memory's right is Jody Fleisch night two you get Ravy Davy the Texas death match. Uh, which i thought was was good so he, all these appearances um starting to build up and not phoning it in i thought you know when it came to the matches you then got a bit of a a social media feud building up with gradle so lots of videos back and forth uh, there and he takes on gradle at the uh, hydro with jeff jarrett as the special referee and then only the one appearance in 2019 when he um, uh, was supposed to face Gradle again, so this story's then run on for like six six months by this point, supposed to take on Gradle, Grado's not fit, Leighton Buzzard comes out and this was supposed to be a bit of a sort of coming out party almost for Leighton Buzzer because the night before he'd won um, Against Joe Hendry, we thought he was going to you know, be pushed to the moon, and move into the main event, pitch a big, big win. And I think Leighton's victory over James Storm that night was bigger because James Storm had beaten so many other ICW stars there. So when he got put out, when he put uh, Buzzard over, it felt like a bigger deal because it was unsurprising. So I really like this because of the investment in the storylines, uh, the performances we got. And you got that bit of unpredictability. We also, met, I also met James Storm at one of the events that uh, Ryan Gallagher from the team had put on. And that man's arms are fucking enormous. I mean, James Storm's not
3: Ryan Gallagher's. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan has one big arm. <laughs>
2: We're going to hear a statement when the show gets released and Ryan's going to be like "I excuse me very much and try and post one of his strongman pictures, but it's not going to happen.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, that's why James Storm gets my vote. Um, just, you know, quality performance, unpredictability, the investment in storylines and also the you could invest in the character and we were excited uh, to see
0: him, mm-hmm. I think.
2: Ross, I know that you have a lot of opinions not just about wrestling, just in life (laughs) Ryan
0: Gallagher, yes and I'm glad I can get them off my chest we'll we'll save that for another show one of my favourite imports and it's because ICW have been quite guilty of missing the needle, I think a complaint we've all had in the past of ICW is maybe not getting imports in who are big at the time, they either post videos when that guy gets big or that girl gets big and it's a case of oh remember when they hit like no because they weren't someone then they didn't have that or they bring Mm -hmm. them in when no one cares you know what I mean and the one time I think they didn't do that was Walter, Walter Mm -hmm. uh, when he came to Shugs was right at the peak of his like indie run you know, he was going about, he was winning titles everywhere, he was going on big undefeated runs, he was It was a, a guy who moved the needle for maybe people who were indie wrestling fans but weren't ICW fans, you know, they showed up to see Walter that night, you know Grant McRobbie has a love-hate relationship with ICW at times he yeah. showed up to see Walter um, and I think that was a like on the button move because it was someone at the right time it was getting the right import and it wasn't a guy who was relying on WWE past and coming in doing a 10 minute match wearing the gear he wore in 1999 that's now two sizes too small and he wasn't a guy who was like oh this guy's this guy said some really good matches at the at the Lennox Town Community Centre like no it was a it was a guy who was Right there, he was right in the moment, and I think, I think he's tied for my favorite import along with Cabana, because mm. Cabana is the one that started it off. Cabana was the one who, when he had the rivalry with Grado and it, they sort of clicked together. You know, Cabana's a smart guy. Cabana knows where to go. You know, it's why he's in AEW at the minute because it's the the cool product of the moment. He saw this worked well and thought we could take this to America, where they flip the script, and now it's a case of instead of Colt Cabana being the lost foreigner in Scotland, Gredo's now the lost foreigner, the, the wee Scotsman try to make it in the big city of Chicago and New York and all that. Mm-hmm. And that put a lot of eyes on ICW, which then allowed more people to come over, which then started a whole thing. So I think just because he started it all, I'll go Cabana tied with Walter because it's the last time I feel ICW got someone mm-hmm. right in particular powers.
2: Mm-hmm. Um- I want to ask you guys quickly as well because it's like I was I was talking with uh, Daniel my other half, not Daniel from the podcast. So I need to always specify that every single time. Um, and oh, I
4: thought we we're getting some gossip there.
2: No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, um,
0: no tea. I no. stand with Pamela. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Mondo And>, broken.
2: <laughs> and but, like, see, sometimes when people are brought over, maybe when they're like not as big. Um, and you sort of see them, how they've progressed. I mean, one that Daniel said that um, Robbie E, who is now Robert Stone in NXT, um, obviously Robbie E in uh, TNA and Impact when he was there, taking on the likes of like Andy Wilde in the main event of a BCW show. And it's, it's small little memories like that. So I just want to go around just and see if there's anything like anything like those kind of memories that you would have. Um, Chris, I'll start with you.
1: I think Gary touched on it a bit earlier, and this actually reminded me of one that I really really enjoyed. Um, I think Jody Fleisch for me. Like I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember the Wrestling Channel. But- yes. The wrestling channel was well, you know this, i am <laughs> was this like back end of the sports on sky channel that used to air tna and the very early days and mlw and um I, I remember they they used to for their advert buffers they wouldn't advertise shows they'd have like many little 30-second promo videos for specific wrestlers like there was one Of AJ Styles, I remember it was one of Alex Shame, Alex Shane, Shane, Shame's the Scottish one, the English one, whatever one the English one is, Um, the (laughs) one that was the walk. Shane, and I always used to think that Jodie Fleisch was amazing. I remember in like 2004, there was this event, um, and I can't—it was somewhere down in England, but it was called British Uprising. And right. at this event, I think Jody Fleisch fought Alex Sh- Shame, Shane, Shane, Shane. Um I remember be- being like, this guy is so cool. And then fast forward about 15 years and he turns up in ICW. I remember thinking, this is insane. This is like a wrestling childhood moment, blurring with a wrestling current hood. And obviously we did have guys like Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Damme and but this one felt so much more real because this was something that I was like, ah, I really want to go and watch him and then finally getting to see him live. I was gutted that when they put him with Johnny Storm, like an old school British wrestling tag team from back in the mid 2000s, I was gutted that I never got to go to any of those shows. I think they teamed up in Scotland like maybe two or three times and I missed every one of them. So, Johnny Storm, if you're listening to this show, please come back to ICW so I can watch you wrestle with or against Jodie Fleisch. But yes, that one was so cool. I, I'd love to meet him. I'd pay like a tenner for it. <laughs> we'll make sure reach out to Johnny Storm that you're willing to
2: pay a tenner to see him wrestle you
1: know, in ICW. You know, you know one of those uh, Edinburgh Corn Exchange meet and greets where like New Japan are charging like 50 quid a wrestler? Just get Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm up on one, one corner, tenner each, I'll just get <laughs> pictures, hugs if they're allowed at the time. That's that one.
2: Um, have any of you guys got any like sort of? I remember watching them at a weird time before they were big quacky?
3: Yes, I'm. Um, I'm gonna say this show because that show always sticks with me. In terms of value for pound for pound, whatever you want to say or whatever, this has to be the best show I've ever been to, and it was Discovery versus the Bullet Club. Oh, I love that show. At that time I never I didn't know who the bullet club were. So people going around with their gun t-shirts, I just thought, oh no, right, why are you all promoting guns? That's how I didn't know who the bullet club were. Right? <laughs> I just thought, I just thought, um, has the NRA meetings suddenly diverted to Edinburgh? That's all I thought. So uh I went in there again with fresh eyes, seeing polo promotions taking on the young box. Uh, at the Buffy Club which was just uh, the Buffy
2: Club.
3: <laughs> hilarious in a sense that uh, you had Cody Rhodes there with Brandy Rhodes the most hot couple ever and mm-hmm. you, you also had people that can't be named now and it was just so 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 awesome and those people were I don't know at the time but they were really coming up at the heights of the elite Uh, Bullet Club and all that kind of stuff and seeing them there tearing it up in a packed out court exchange was just the absolute best and that sticks with me
2: Mm -hmm. Gary we all know that like anything can essentially happen in wrestling I mean we've had so many people appear that you would never even expect I mean like we've, we've had Kushida taking on Just Justice, Jackie Polo Mm -hmm. in the O2 Academy, which I don't think any of us actually realised could happen until it happened. But who would you most like to see come over to wrestle in the UK, albeit in Livingston, Edinburgh with Discovery or even ICW?
4: There's there's some obvious answers about um, you know, some folk that has just been released by WWE and it would be fantastic to see uh, Samoa Joe, for example. Um, there are some people now that are in AEW that could theoretically, given the schedule that they work in the AEW uh, do some shows and it w- wouldn't it be amazing to see a Chris Jericho <laughs> rock up um, and there's other people that uh, i've become familiar with them and i may i probably missed the boat on seeing them before like i am I'm so impressed with tegan Knox, and if mm-hmm. she gets fit again and um i love to see her nick aldis as well uh, ross's close personal friend um <laughs> uh, as another name that i would again love to love to see as well and of course sugar Duncanson if he's back i'll certainly be buying a ticket.
0: I'll I'll message him, Gary. I'll I'll let him know that you're thinking of him. (laughs) We we had a wee chat the other day. I I had to console Mickey after a release. Nick phoned me like, big man. Bruh, why why he blocked your ass? (laughs) (laughs) Big man. did he? No, no. (laughs) No, 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 no. But just, he was one of those... um, I'll, I'll tell this story now. He was one of those wrestlers who... I agree and we we've all had them. Anyone who's done an interview for the show or anyone who does an interview for their own. Is this time okay with you? I'd like to do it at this time. Okay, we'll do it this time, whatever's best for you. And then that time for that interview comes and you go, Right, mate, how are you? Oh, let's make this quick. Oh for fuck's sake, never mind, mate. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been through
2: that. We'll see, like Nick Allah you know, NWA world champion for over nine hundred days would be an epic one to see but Ross soon as you were talking about your best pal Nick Aldus, <laughs> who, who would you like to see that is not Nick Aldis
0: uh, many many people um, I'd like to see um, I'd quite like to see Hawkins and Ryder I think um, Hawkins built up this sort of Barry Horowitz style um, love in for himself that went all the way you know the Mets play at MetLife Stadium obviously Um, I know Um, they call them the amazing Mets because they're amazing as well mind blowing stuff here but um, sorry the Jets the Jets play at MetLife Stadium I'm I'm not clued up in American sport I felt Chris judge me in the corner there but um, he totally did (laughs) but you know he got to go to a WrestleMania and win the tag titles in the stadium of his team wearing his team's colors. Zack Ryder has always been popular. He is all, he's been so far ahead of the curve with social media and you know using that to an advantage. And there are two people who WWE always talk about, sorry, people always talk about Corey Rhodes and Samoa Joe and big stars WWE dropped the ball with. I think these were two big stars that WWE dropped the ball with, that they could have went further with. And I think they can make a really, really good living on the independent scene, probably make more money than WWE when things start to open back up, both together and as singles competitor. You know, they both said, we don't want to just come in to Poughkeepsie and, you know, wrestle the local tag team there and lose to them in five minutes. You know, if there's a storyline there, you know, we'll come as a team, but it does look like they will probably do more singles stuff. But yeah, I think these are two guys Brian Myers now at who was Kurt Hawkins an impact World's showing the most
2: professional wrestler. He <laughs> with good, one eye. That's how professional he is. is.
0: Huh? Showing how good he is now and never had that chance. He could have some really good middle of the card matches that make buying the ticket worthwhile. And Zach Ryder, you know, the internet title, there's stories to be told with that. You know, and he's such a such a good guy on social media that it would go worldwide you know what I mean he's got that following and seeing as I'm gushing about Zack Ryder his fiance Chelsea Green mm-hmm. Moro Van Ness just been released there no stranger at the independent scene it'd be good to see her back on it as well mm-hmm.
2: Chris the Forbidden Door is clearly wide open as we've seen with like a mixture of uh, Impact wrestlers taking on AEW wrestlers so much like we've in this coming weekend I mean you've got Kenny Omega taking on rich swan for the impact world championship title for title but like forbidden door wise like who would be like some of your dream people to sort of come across to the uk to so you could pay a tenner to you know see them
1: okay well i've got one that's absolutely ridiculous but i want you to hear me out before kicking me off this show right how about you're
2: you're the one that's like producing it and recording <laughs> it so i yes. can
1: that's true that's true right icw just before you start
3: I can take over no problem
1: (laughs) (laughs) this this will this will shock and astound you but how about this ICW featuring Sheamus allow me to explain right ICW have already you know spoken at length about how they have a long working relationship now with the WWE now they've had the you know big champions come over they've had the um UK champion come over multiple times uh, and fight in their promotion. The next thing I want to see is I want to see the next level of champion come over and fight in ICW, like maybe the NXT champion, maybe one of the second tier champions, like the IC belt holder or the US belt holder. And then when I was writing that down, I thought, well, hang on. There's a story there. Sheamus was supposed to be in the main event of the first ever ICW show in 2006. He couldn't make it. Drew was supposed to be in the main event as well. He eventually made it, won the belt. So Drew, th- I don't want to see Drew back in ICW. I'm done with that story. They've tipped every box with Drew. He's in the Hall of Fame with, you know, Carmel. And that's it, isn't it? As far as I remember. <laughs> yeah. but, but how about yeah. at some point in this beautiful working relationship, maybe it ties up with uh, a WWE tour in the future. Maybe Sheamus comes to ICW. They tie up that low end. Maybe they do it in 2026 when it's... Um, 20 years since ICW started. Maybe they do it this year when it's 15 years since ICW started. I'd love that to happen. And I think the story's there. He could fight anyone on the roster. Um, you know, presumably male would be my preference. Um, and, and also, like, I watched this little documentary, I think, in the run-up to, um, what was the pay-per-view before Mania called again? I want to say, like, Fastlane. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fastlane,
1: yeah. I watched yeah. this 50 minute documentary on Seamus in the run up to Fastlane, and he's such a hard worker. Like, he puts in so much behind the scenes to be as good as he is. And I think I'd actually really like to see him do something with, with ICW in the future. But I know it's complete pie in the sky, but that's what you asked for.
0: <laughs> with all can, fairness, I, can I take a, look- a moment here? <laughs> Sorry, can I just, while, while the platform is open to what Chris said about I don't want to see Drew back in ICW, right?
1: Oh, God. <laughs>
0: right, no, 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 no. It's, it's nothing against Drew, right? This is maybe a wee reality check to people who are in the comment sections whenever there's an announcement, whenever there's a, by the way, there's going to be a secret guy showing up with WWE connections. And it's going to be Mark Andrews or Pete Dunne, you know what I mean? Not, not even Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne's now too far up and WWE's pecking order, right? We all know, we accept that it's gonna be, it's not gonna be John Cena walking up to fight Jason Reed. But people in the comments always go, it could be Drew, or Drew would be nice. Oh my God, Drew return confirmed. He's pay-per-viewing, he's main eventing pay-per-views with The Undertaker. It's not gonna be Drew McIntyre. It's not even gonna be Pete Dunne who's on the opening matches of Takeover, it's going to be Mark Andrews or Flash Morgan Webster. No offense to those guys, really good. Be excited to see them in ICW. But Drew's not going back. Let it go. All right. It's like when Gutušel left Rangers. He was at AC Milan, the European champions. He's not coming back. Move on, man. You fans with the man, not- fans with the Cristiano Ronaldo posters. He left ten years ago. <laughs>
1: Find a new guy. Ross, like obviously, yeah, Seamus is probably pretty out there, and and Drew come back, I think. But do you think that, you know, someone as high up as the NXT champion, do you think they could ever be an ICW?
0: Oh, no, I think, like, anybody for NXT UK would be an easy get. Anyone. NXT depending on what roundabout the time. See if there's a takeover coming up, those guys are wrapped up in cottonwood. You see that on TV, the you know, the champs don't wrestle. And you know, even Demo, someone is lower down the card in WWE's pecking order as Killian Dane the demo. He was only there because WWE were in town that night, you know what I mean? So <laughs> so I I wouldn't it's not getting at you for your Seamus pick. I'd love to see Seamus <laughs> there, but it's just it's not something I ever see happening. And I don't think I don't think I carry and cross. No, I think NXT has now got to the stage where it's the third brand. Back in the days of Neville and Bo Dallas and Sami Zayn as champions, maybe, but not now.
2: I mean, with all fairness, when you when you started to say Seamus, I thought you were going to say Shane McMahon. <laughs> Chris, i don't know how much weight it's like hear me out best in the world shane mcmahon <laughs> um quack have you got one one more?
3: <laughs> yes i have got a see seeing as we're going off in the distance of dream matches and stuff i have got one match where if this is booked i am straight over to pick up my ryanair flight to Dublin to go to Scrappermania to see the main event of the Woke Queens versus Jessica and Cassie, formerly known as the Iconics.
2: We'll be right there with you. Hell yeah, oh, Iconic!
3: They'll they
0: be big on the independent scene. I think they. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, they were. You know, they have
2: probably got a spot ready for them in ICW. not ACW, yeah, AEW. AEW,
0: right?
2: Yeah, they're totally going to be coming over. It's been amazing right. in Scotland. <laughs>
0: Because when you've fought as many times as Casey and Avil, the only thing left to do is team up and take on the Iconics. <laughs> oh. Sarah, do you have a pick, because we've not heard
4: one from you yet. I assume you're going to say Christian Cage, who I haven't met before. Um, <laughs> is there anybody else? I, mean, I would never have met
2: Christian Cage the amount of times that you've He's him even him.
4: more
3: handsome in person, Sarah. Oh, Gary, no. where did you not meet Christian Cage? <laughs> oh.
2: Um, yeah, no, I would definitely Christian Cage would be like very, very high on my list considering that he's not tied up with WWE. I mean, there's always going to be a talk that Tony Khan wants AEW to come to the UK. Preferably, he'll probably go down to like London, etc. Which, hell yeah, I'll be straight there. Like, I'll be one of the first people buying tickets. To that show. Um, but no, one of my ones that I really want to come across, and I've already said it, it's Eva Luno in the Dark Order. I mean, I've I've taken to watching Eva Luno and like the rest of the AEW guys play Among Us every Sunday. And watching Eva Luno on Twitch, just like being himself and then what being like on being the elite, it's only made me love them more. Like Eva Luno in my eyes can do absolutely no wrong. Um, like him, John Silver, Anna J, all of them can do no wrong, plus like they, they took him behind Ryan page without even trying to recruit him, like yeah they did try to recruit him but then they gave up and they are like no, oh, we want to be your friends so I would definitely say like, cause it, like I have personally asked via Twitch <laughs> if he had ever wanted to come to Edinburgh and especially Discovery and he said he had heard Discovery via the Young Bucks um, and that was one that he was planning on coming to the UK um, before a lockdown happened, which I'm really, really gutted that he never got to come over. And Edinburgh was one of the main places he wanted to go, so definitely to See, me, that
3: just proves that, like, when these imports come in and they they do their bits and whatever, they do go and report to <laughs> other people and say that, and and that that's cool. The fact that. Um, you asked about it. You asked about coming to Scotland, and then the thing he says is "Discovery Young yeah. Bucks." So it's it's not like you know how like that way when rock singers are singing it's like we love you, Glasgow, and you are yeah. <laughs> reading off their palm of their hand where what town they're in, and you usually find that they're not even in Glasgow or whatever. So it's just I'm in really, really, cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's just yeah. really really cool that like that you're saying that you you literally just asked scotland and then they're saying oh edinburgh i mean they'd give you everything apart from the postcode to corn exchange which i would be bloody impressed if they did that
2: um, no, and looks i i just said if he was ever planning on wrestling like in scotland um and he just said that discovery was one um that he really wanted to go to because obviously young bucks and young bucks were the ones to bring kenny to um, Discovery as well and that obviously brought over like Cody taking on BT Gun like it leads to bigger and better things which mm-hmm. see as well like we've had wrestlers that have actually relocated to the UK so like the one that jumps off is our mind is Shug but you've got others like Giselle Shaw Chris brought up Demo. I mean Demo moved over quite early in his career and started a wrestling school so is there like anybody that has sort of stuck out for you guys in terms of uprooting their life and making it like their home I mean you've even had Tony Storm come over from Australia and she made Liverpool her home as well so Chris I'll, I'll start with you because I know you're the one that mentioned Demo.
1: yeah I, I listened to Demo on Colt Cabana's podcast in about 2015 16 17 sometime around then told his whole backstory about having to move Um, out of his town in Ireland because of the troubles and just how mental his story was. Coming over here changing Scottish wrestling being such a significant player for such a long time, getting to the absolute peak of Scottish companies like ICW and then moving on to bigger and better things. His story is just an absolute dream. The first person that actually came to mind when you said somebody that uprooted their life Um, I'm not sure if this counts feel free to ban him from this discussion but uh, a man who Gary mentioned earlier on the show was looked like he was on a rocket to the moon at one point, Leighton Buzzard. He mm-hmm. uprooted everything yeah. that he had down south, he moved up here, you know, I'm going by what he says in his promos, <laughs> assuming that it's all true. <laughs> um, and look at him now, he's, he's become such a star in such a short space of mm-hmm. time. Um, he's the first person that came to mind, and it, you, you know, you, you never know. He could be a guy who goes on the same path that Demo has been. I, I even, you know, furthering his, you know, cementing his place in ICW, becoming one of the big stars there.
3: Well, you, yeah, I mean, what
1: you said was spot on. the fact,
3: because. I did actually interview Leighton Buzzer, yeah Ross had their interviews as well,
0: um, so...
3: I'll you didn't! <laughs> <laughs> Same! I just thought I'd get that Wow! And
0: so, can you see me on this camera with the shade that has just came <laughs> over me? <laughs> what, a, what a bitch quacker. is!
2: I, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, I would brag and say that I've done a lot of interviews, but at least, like the majority of them have taken down due to, you know, speaking out
4: uh,
2: and our support for it, so...
0: Yeah, <laughs> saucer yeah. of milk for Adji. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Always, Quacky very rarely gets to be on shows. Let him throw a shade.
3: Hey, uh, so yeah, throw at you.
2: <laughs> what, <laughs>
3: what? I'm a hater. I got it. I, I had a lot of hates that I couldn't get off my chest on Quiz Showdown. I'm just unleashing it now. Just uh, please
2: keep this for like outtakes at the end of the year. <laughs> you
3: right. know what I'll do. What What's going do? on YouTube? <laughs> uh, so yeah with Leighton Buzzard like when I did interview him um, he actually did say that what got him into wrestling training was saying Fight Club on BBC and stuff and he came from Bristol and when you think about the fact that young man um, uprooted his life and completely moved up to Glasgow and you actually like, map out all the wrestling skills that he's gone past that are very reputable, very very good he uprooted himself to Glasgow and he sit, made it his mission and he's just he's just like rocket to him like he's he's just doing this thing he's really really that bad that's gonna go far
2: mm-hmm. and like Gary like I've mentioned you have people like Tony Storm that even though they're not from the UK like they they are basically deemed one of us I mean I would always deem Layton. As one of us, I mean, I honestly forget that he is from way down in England, came up to Scotland. Like I honestly forget about that half the time. I don't know, Um, especially when it comes to things like NXT UK. A lot of the people aren't even from the UK.
4: No, but this is why uh, the imports that have been here before add legitimacy to the promotions and it just builds and builds from there and the way we've been exploring so far so far in this show it becomes a place that you want to go and a place that you want to be and if you're going to build your career you think that's the place to go because they'll get these opportunities and where you base yourself like Tony Storm's idea of going to Liverpool well there there's promotions within driving distance and commutable distance of where you can go to, whether you can go up or or down to those places, uh, where you might get seen. And that's, you know, with ICW's uh, relationship with WWE, progress relationship with WWE, they become destinations uh, or stops on your destination because you think, actually, if I want to get there, well, if I go get my foot in the door in this place, I've got the chance... to to maybe get spotted, Uh, and if I don't get spotted by them, I'll get the chance to maybe go and work at some of these other places and work with these other people along the way. So it just all builds nicely uh, from there, and I think that's one of the great things, uh, the great benefits we've seen. from the, these imports, in the case of Leighton Buzzard, we mentioned that decision was absolutely validated. He has done incredibly well, and I'm sure if it hadn't been for this terrible pandemic, his star would be even bigger.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Ross, finally, like, see how we like we mentioned Shug as well quite often throughout the show. Um, I like, quite you
0: interviewed him. He's no, he's not mentioned
2: it. Me and Kwaku interviewed him, actually.
0: Well, Kwaku's well, <laughs> just, oh, awesome. just such a big star, he needs that spotlight,
2: Excuse me, I'm the one that found out that, you know, shook loves Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Kwaku didn't even know what Brooklyn Nine-Nine was.
4: <laughs> At that okay. time. Just At another bandwagon so. for him to jump on, then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, we've had that returning um, Import, I do love you guys. Sorry, <laughs> he moved over to the UK and um, put himself in a prime location for obviously traveling up and down um, and making it quite quite easily accessible. But you also had to it. see just before um, he left to go back to America, he was holding the Reckless Intent Hardcore Championship and taking that around the UK, taking pictures and everything of it as well. So. In terms of wrestlers like uprooting their lives, sometimes it can be quite fun. He was holding like three titles at the one time.
3: It was just when you mentioned the reckless Intent hardcore title, as I just remember how proud this pussy was. That he was holding that, and he <laughs> wanted to be the uh, most remembered. He wanted to be like Crash Holly. He wanted to be among
0: the hardcore legendary greats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you put the the effort in, like Shug did, I mean, you have to if you are going to uproot your life completely like the reward is there you know it'll be you know for people that have uprooted their lives young men like Shug, Leighton Buzzard, Alfredo Morelos the reward is there the championships and the adulation come with time and another person that's actually not uprooted their life but certainly two cases of people who have went the distance to train are obviously Drew we mentioned Drew earlier, he's not coming back to ICW, let it go. He used to train down in England because there was no s- schools up in yeah. Scotland at the time. He used to, and then he moved down there when it started becoming more of a more of a job rather than a vocation. And then uh, someone who I interviewed, I don't know if you know this, I've done a couple of interviews, Daz Black is from the Lake District. And now with this pandemic era style ICW, he's getting that showcase now because... Well, no one can travel. Um <laughs> and he was he was a star that was right on the cusp. He's so impressive in the ring. Think of think of like an AJ style a young AJ Styles, because that's what he models himself after. Uh, he can do the flips and the, you know, all the all the flippy shit and yeah, he can do the technical wrestling as well. He's been involved in major storylines in ICW recently, but he comes up from the lake district to train you know, makes that journey up, I believe it's four hours and then four hours back, you know, every day. And it's like, wow, that that that's a dedication, you know. <laughs> so when people put the work in, the reward is there. And I think the fans as well, the fans appreciate someone coming over and not just being like, here's you know, Intercontinental Champion from 1999 Jeff Jarrett, hello, hello Hiya, hiya, photo Here's special, Morello the <laughs> Yeah, exactly like, like, no, I'm not saying Jeff Jarrett was like that He was just the first 1999 IHC Champion that came to my head uh, Road Warrior Animal, there you go, there's a prime one uh, He was meant to wrestle for SWA uh, He was met to wrestle John the Bomb, Bomb Graham In Motherwell Then a big brawl comes out he comes out, makes the save. Then it's three heels fighting him, Demo and John the Bomb, and then the show just kind of ends. And he didn't do the match, and didn't take any bumps, and he, you know, he didn't do, a, you know, a photo session or anything. So fans appreciate the effort because for years we did get the show up, high, out of shape legend, or the, or if anyone remembers the Claybank Town Hall ones of. The WWF wrestlers, <laughs> and it's uh, it's like a guy who's five foot four dressed up in a cane costume, like oh, the under faker, uh, the under <laughs> the croc, uh, DX pack, and all that crap. You know, it's just so fans do appreciate the effort, and when you're going to uproot your life like that, you don't do that willy nilly. So it's it's no surprise people like that do put the effort in.
3: You know, yeah. so I just hope one day, right after a pay per view, Drew does actually come back. and goes surprise, motherfucker, Ross, and then he just starts <laughs> killing off people you've interviewed, and he just calls himself the Interview Killer.
2: <laughs> all right, just like I, I heard on this, uh, just like this nothing podcast, um, or I consider it nothing. Uh, this this, this specy bastard, like need me give me heartache and all that.
0: Like, I'm- well, I mean, you'd have to. You'd have to put on the Americanised Glasgow accent that Drew now has. <laughs> and I thought, Wee Man, if you're wanting a square goal, well, we're going to have to just get pure mental.
2: Oh, <laughs> right. Okay, and I think that's a good place to end off before Ross starts threatening <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Because,
0: with all fairness, to <laughs> <laughs> you, fucking square goal.
2: Back to squishy with thank But um, I want to thank you guys for joining us today, talking about. Um, The Scottish imports. Um, So make sure, obviously, you catch it. Make sure you catch this week's Central as well, um, with all the the ongoings of the past week in the wrestling world. Um, And next week's feature show, uh, The GOAT, David Campbell is going to be joined with uh, an array of panellists. And they're going to be talking about the best and worst uh, NXT call ups that have happened back when NXT was not. Featured as the third brand rather as its developmental of WWE. Um, so make sure, obviously, you subscribe, check us out, and make sure that you follow us and give us some feedback as well. Like, I want to hear from you guys what imports you would like to see, preferably either shoot for the moon, but do it realistically, or <laughs>
0: just be. It's not going to be true! <laughs>
3: <laughs> you don't realize that every person is going to say true. Drew, Drew, I'm 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 going to make up fake accounts and just comment on Drew just to piss Ross (laughs) right off. He's the AR,
2: he's no (laughs) one in port. But yeah, I want to again thank my panel. So Chris, Gary, Kwaku and Ross, thank you for being my panel for talking about Scottish imports today. I think we've all had a good time. I hope we've all had a good time.
0: Absolutely. Yep. I've had a wonderful time.
2: Of course you have, you've got opinions about everything.
0: <laughs> you got a few things off your chest. <laughs> <laughs> not enough.
2: <laughs> uh, make sure you turn into ESSR After Dark, which is a uh, Rostock. Uh, well, I'm not going to not going to give him ideas, but I have been Sarah Grave and I hope that you've all had a fantastic time listening to us. Give us feedback on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, get chatting on our Facebook community page and again, look out for these random clips that Chris might put up on YouTube as well. And uh, that has been it. Bye, guys.
3: Hello, I am the GOAT, David Campbell, and I would like to invite you, the listener, to my new show over at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet's YouTube channel, and that show is The Conspiracy Theory, where once a month I will be taking a look at all the rumours and speculation in the world of professional wrestling and giving the most important opinion on the matter, My opinion. Yes, that's right. Head over to Suplex Retweets YouTube channel. Like, share and subscribe where you'll get a lot of other great content over there such as the new hit show, Quiz Showdown. But don't forget, check out my new show, The Conspiracy Theory on Suplex Retweets YouTube channel. Farewell, friends.